0: Smooches. First off, I've recorded this intro a few times and the audio on it sounds weird, but the rest of the episode isn't like that, so I'm not sure what's happening with my mic settings. But we hope that you have had a lovely Labor Day off last week and that you're staying healthy, supporting striking workers, and drinking whatever seasonally inappropriate pumpkin beverage your heart desires. On this episode, Meg and I talk about what we've been reading recently, there is contemporary romance, romanticity, YA, bleak speculative fiction, joyful speculative fiction, investigative financial journalism, and essays about video games and gay girls. Hi, Meg. Hi, Liz. If you hear a baby crying in the background, no, you don't. <laughs> okay. I don't She's hear it. maybe not as loud as Lola when she barks okay but is it
1: happening right now
0: yes has been the whole time that we've been talking oh really yeah no I have not heard it at all yeah she she's very dramatic I don't know where she gets that from yeah I can't imagine but she's she's currently bullying her father so (laughs) that's one of her favorite activities yeah she besides eating sleeping and going to the bathroom yeah she also really likes grabbing onto his beard now.
1: as, oh. soon as she grabs him
0: as soon as and he picks her up. She grabs the beard. baby. Grip strength is like oh yeah, insane. She's recently started becoming well. She's always been interested in my hair, but she's mm-hmm. now realizing she can reach out and touch it mm-hmm. and tug on it. She's strong, <laughs> <laughs> and it hurts. I'm guessing. <laughs> um, I haven't let her get a hold of it long enough to hurt. Okay.
1: (laughs) Uh, But no, I don't hear her. Yeah. She had an outing today, right?
0: She did. We went to that bougie farm um, and grocery store that we went to when Molly was in town.
1: Yeah. Did you get another mm,
0: $12 smoothie or? (laughs) No. So we did do some grocery shopping so eric got a honeycomb and i got some apple butter and some four sigmatic mushroom coffee i have been so interested in that i've tried it like a few times before in years past and it's fine it just tastes like pretty decent instant coffee you don't taste the
1: doesn't taste
0: mushroomy okay Mm -hmm. Yeah, So, and they're in single-serve instant ones, so I'll bring you one. Cool, yeah. I'm try it. Um, And some uh, cold-pressed juices. Mm. And a few other things, but yeah, it's expensive.
1: I always wondered who grocery shops here, and now I know it's you.
0: <laughs> it was just, I wanted to go somewhere that wasn't my house, and I thought that that would no, be like I a understand. cute- Place. Yeah. 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 To take the baby. How did she do? She was asleep pretty much the whole time until we were sitting outside drinking coffee. And I got this, like, I've been getting these weird coffee drinks. Like, I got one at a coffee shop that I was writing at. Mm -hmm. And this was like basically the same thing, but it's like espresso with some kind of citric juice. The first mm-hmm. one I had was with lime juice. The one at the grocery store was with lemonade. Yeah. And then either soda or tonic water, and they put other stuff in it. And it shouldn't work, but it does. But like, yeah, I heard about that maybe last summer. It was like someone would pull a shot of espresso,
1: put it over ice with. Mm-hmm just like club soda and and lime juice and I was
0: like what on earth what in the acid yeah. reflux <laughs> it it does like you take a sip of it and you do think oh this is going to give me bad heartburn but yeah. so far so good yeah
1: i mean yeah. i'm it sounds tasty i also have been seeing there's a a place in town a coffee shop that does a shot of espresso in uh coca cola
0: mm. and
1: i would like to taste that and then my heart would explode
0: (laughs) i would try that um i think that it's like the mormon mom tiktokers who do the diet coke with like creamer in it yes yeah i watched a couple videos coffee
1: yeah i think maybe you sent me one of the videos oh we did have
0: we talked about it in the group text
1: yeah i don't do caffeine not for religious reasons but because it makes my mental illness worse
0: so I was like this Mormon mom hack I do drink caffeine despite it making my mental illness worse. I've seen memes that are like you know without coffee you have anxiety and with coffee it's like you have anxiety but faster (laughs) it's like super powered yeah (laughs) yeah it
1: sounds really good, though, especially now that we've entered the season of the pumpkin spice. Mm,
0: it's literally still summer. I, I'm i willing it into
1: existence. <laughs> I'm willing the fall into existence.
0: What I've been telling people is that this year, I'm usually against like moving on too quickly to the next holiday or next season when you're still mm-hmm. in the middle of one. But I want it to be Christmas. And for Christmas, I want to bare knuckle box joe jonas <laughs> that's why? all i want for christmas <laughs> is that why you want it to be christmas yes okay because that's Secret the next gift giving holiday that i'm entitled to and what i want is i want to be in a boxing ring with him no gloves so is this gonna be your next like celebrity
1: gossip pet project mm
0: no, because I'm still, I still have to work on the Kaler presentation. Mm-hmm. Like there's just so many different angles that I can get into mm-hmm. with it. And I I don't want us to record for like two hours because I think that that <laughs> would like both hurt our listenership and our friendship. <laughs> and-, <laughs> and I don't want to... And my deteriorating mental health. So I don't, (laughs) I don't, like, I was thinking of, like, do I want to, like, just do it by album? Do I want to pick a few specific songs? Like, anyone who wants to deep dive the timeline could Mm. do that. Mm -hmm. So, like, maybe I would just present, like, my top five most convincing pieces of evidence. That sounds good. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: I, this is not really related to Kaylor, but it's Isn't everything though? (laughs) Well, it is related to her lyrics. It was like a compilation Mm. video every time she rhymes car and bar in one of her songs. Mm. And it is an astonishing
0: number. Oh, I need to see that.
1: I I, should have sent it to you as soon as I saw it. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever find it again. But if I do, I'll send it to you.
0: Just talking about it, it'll probably show up for me now.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The FBI guy and the AI are both listening. (laughs) We'll make it happen Mm -hmm. for you. So
0: we are gathered here to talk about what we've been reading. I have a few categories. My biggest category is things that we've both read. Yeah. But not like for the podcast, just like one of us read it and then force the other one to read it. Right, right. Mostly, I think you read things first and I was like, okay, yeah, that sounds good. I'll read that too. Yeah, there's a couple that you read before I did, mm. and they were solid picks. At least we'll get into it. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: I think I know what
0: you're thinking of yeah. specifically. Um, where should we start?
1: Uh, yeah. So l- let's go through the ones that we read together, and then we could do our individual ones. Okay. I think um, we should start with. The one that I think you're going gonna to have the most to say about. Or titties maybe and Dragons? Titties and Dragons. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> so we both read Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros. Mm-hmm. Currently a sensation. Um, yeah. If you've been living under a rock, you're like, what is Fourth Wing? It is... Titties and Dragons. Titties and Dragons. It is like a new adult... But very YA feeling. Very very YA uh, feeling. Romanticy with dragons at a dragon training academy. Yeah, a war college. A war college. Mm -hmm. And the heroine is a scribe or wants to be a scribe, has been training to be a scribe. Mm -hmm. And her mother is like this big military general and is like, no, you're going to be a dragon rider Mm and forces her and she has like a chronic illness which I think is coded as like Ehlers Danlos is what it seemed like to me you know a lot of issues with like joint hypermobility right and there's uh there's a guy there's a couple of them there's a couple of them one of them like you know pretty early on isn't gonna be the guy yeah spoilers (laughs) (laughs) spoilers <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so
1: even being like oh I'm worried about spoilers seems like it might be giving fourth wing a little too much credit <laughs>
0: like if you don't see what's coming
1: I'm, I'm sorry you here's,
0: sure here's the thing I found fourth wing entertaining yeah and compelling mm-hmm. and I see why people like it yeah And for a book that provokes very strong positive or negative reactions, I fell flat in the middle of like, that was fun. I would read the other one, but I'm able to read, like, I sent you a really critical review of it. And it's like, I agree with all of this. I still like, I didn't feel as negatively about it because of those things, but those things are definitely present.
1: Yeah. I wouldn't say it's a really good book but I had a re- a good time reading it.
0: I had a great time reading it.
1: Um, and if, if not just for the romanticity, which I'm in like a phase of right now, mm-hmm. um, but also just because I like to be able to be part of the popular book discourse and like talk about these kinds of things. Yeah. So like that alone, I think was worth it. It was fun. You know, I like escaping the world that, <laughs> that we live yeah. in as often as possible. Um, that said, I think my main grievances about it were how YA it felt. Um, some of the like pacing, uh, as far as a lot of stuff happened in the last 20% of the book. Mm-hmm. And just that I could kind of tell what was what was gonna happen the Yeah, whole
0: time. For me, it was more of like one of those books where I was really struggling to like follow the stakes like okay. the world building that was done was very like the I felt like the dragon college and that sort of like experience was very well built but like mm-hmm. the why of what they were training for I struggled with. Yeah.
1: And maybe that's something we'll get more of in the second book since it's going to be I think my impression is it's going to be less set in the college and
0: more yeah. in the broader War. That's what I would imagine. You want to do our next romanticy? Wh- which one was that? Foxglove. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. So, I just finished that yesterday. Foxglove by Adeline Grace, which is the sequel to Belladonna. This is why am marketed as such. Yes. Um, and I fucking loved it. Yeah, I loved the first one. Yeah. Um. It gives me, one of the things that I love about Belladonna and Foxglove is it gives me that thing that I've been looking for, which is, like, if Alina chose the Darkling, mm, mm-hmm. that, that's the energy that I get from it. Yeah, I don't
1: really think of him as morally gray, Mm-mm. necessarily. He seems all honorable, but he is, mm-hmm. you know, like, by necessity, dark, given yeah. that he is death
0: incarnate yeah <laughs> so you definitely need to read the first one yes it's not going to make any sense if
1: you haven't and um I don't know what I was expecting exactly I don't know if I was thinking it was going to follow that more like, traditional romance trilogy structure where it's like a different couple a different mm-hmm. pairing each um book. So I was really glad that we still got to see Cygna and Death Mm -hmm. as much um, in the second one. And I'm I'm really looking forward to the third one, which is wisteria. Do you know Mm -hmm. when that's supposed to come out?
0: Mm, I think fall 2024. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so that one I, so far away.
1: I know, but I am very excited for it. And I think I might even do like a, a reread of the previous two beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been fascinated by Cygna, um, you know, like discovering the extent of her powers and uh her like relationships and overcoming kind of like her not so great family history. Mm-hmm. But that said, I am so excited for Blythe to be a bigger part of Wisteria. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the um, the banter that I think we can expect to have.
0: Yeah. Um, going back to Belladonna, mm-hmm. it was tr- like a true enemies to lovers where- right. Uh, Signa is a character who's been followed by death her whole life, like everyone around her dies, but she cannot die. She's Mm -hmm. tried Mm -hmm. and she finds out why. And then Mm -hmm. the second book broadens the world of like these entities that control human lives but have very mortal follies. Yeah. And
1: I kind of am wondering if we're gonna get another sort of entity
0: um mm. introduced
1: in this third one that there was someone mentioned by name in foxglove so mm. I'm, I'm wondering if that's sort of a foreshadowing
0: mm. you'll have to because that spoilery text me because i think i missed that okay yeah
1: also the cover art of these two books i really love
0: Oh, I love them. I went back to Barnes & Noble, even though I'd listened to the audiobook, to get the hardcover, because when I'd last been there, the only one they had was Damaged. Oh, okay. And I need the set, because I have the first hardcover. So. I need! <laughs> yeah, and the second hardcover has, like, an extra chapter in the Barnes & Noble special what? edition, so I have to read that. Oh! I just got yeah. it, so I haven't read it yet. Um, Yeah, I really enjoyed those books very much they're fun did we have any other romanticy we have romantic sci-fi
1: which is the darkness outside us
0: yes yeah this is one you read first
1: yes that was recommended to me by a friend and it is YA we're on a Mm -hmm. roll with that Yeah. but this really it did not feel YA to me
0: this one felt very adult to me. Yeah.
1: Like the characters are young. Um they're 17, but that's like less a function of like making it YA and more a function of serving the plot, which is mm-hmm. um that they're going to be exposed to a fair amount of radiation, so they have to be young in yeah. order to like <laughs> live long enough. The um, algorithm
0: has determined that it's better for young people to <laughs> take on this mission to yeah. travel on a rescue mission. Right. Um the title The Darkness Outside Us had me a little worried that I was going to be mm-hmm. <laughs> depressed afterward. I remember you texting saying like let me make sure this book isn't going to break my heart before yeah. <laughs> I recommend it to you.
1: <laughs> before I recommend it. Um there I don't want to say too much about it because mm-hmm. there, a big part of it was like discovering twists and turns Mm -hmm. along the way um i'll just touch on like a a few things about it which is that it is sci-fi it's occurring in space Mm -hmm. um there's like a a mystery aspect to it which Mm -hmm. is why i don't want to spoil it there is definitely a love story um and you know there's some dubious ai relationship Mm -hmm. so that's kind of interesting and horribly relevant yeah um it is a male-male romance, and um, you probably will cry, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think cried. that's
0: fair. Just, I didn't cry. I was in the middle of that whole situation with the storm and the power outage. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> it, it, it felt less bleak than the current reality at the time. I was, <laughs> I've been going through it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I don't I really, like, oh, I'm just gonna cry for myself. Yeah, <laughs> in
0: this case. So we didn't really talk about the fact that Belladonna and Foxglove are both murder mysteries. True, mm-hmm. and the darkness outside us, like you said, also has a big mystery element that I thought worked really well because, yeah, I I was just like. I think I know what's going on. I I thought I knew what was going on based on other things that I've been reading recently. So I think I was less surprised than you were. But I thought it was very well executed.
1: Yeah. I I thought it was wonderfully written. And I know Mm -hmm. that it didn't pack as much of a punch for you because you've Mm -hmm. been reading. Are you going to talk about that? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Weird, speculative, bleak shit. (laughs) Very bleak. (laughs) Um... I think that if you like the book Red, White, and Royal Blue, mm-hmm. the two heroes gave me a little bit of Alex and Henry vibes. Like uh, I could see that one being more jovial and and free than the other one.
1: Yeah, their dynamic is similar. I I w- want to specify that it is not as like bubbly. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. <laughs> um. When you cry, it won't be just because it's so beautiful. (laughs) No, (laughs) because you're
0: sad. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's got it's big sad. Yeah, um, big sad. All right, so that covers our like sci-fi and romanticy stuff. Mm -hmm. I made you read a five hundred page historical romance written in the nineties. Yeah, came out in nineteen ninety two. Yeah.
1: The number of people that I have talked to about that book since and who have been like, I was at dinner with our friend Sarah the other day Mm -hmm. and I was
0: telling her just the basics of the plot and she was crying at the dinner table. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I mentioned this on a previous episode, but I read Flowers from the Storm by Laura Kinsale because Jen Reads Romance tweeted about it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well- i'm gonna go read that now even though like historical romance 500 pages not my bag right off brand for me definitely um i i need first of all i need to order it not on amazon because i saw a copy for sale for like 500 dollars really really why why Probably because it had a spike in popularity because of Jen mentioning it, I would guess, and it's like probably not as in print because it's an older yeah. book, but like you can readily like order it from Barnes and Noble for normal paperback pricing. So, was the five hundred dollar one the original great
1: value Fabio cover? I
0: don't, I don't know. I don't think so. But <laughs> okay. Flowers from the Storm is um the heroine is a Quaker. Mm-hmm. and the hero is a rake and yes. she was set ha- in London during Queen Charlotte times yes and she Um, he is the description of the book says that he's lost to the world and what it is is that he ends up in an insane asylum but he's not insane he's having yeah. a medical situation right
1: yeah so it's like her father is her who's also a Quaker mm-hmm. is a uh, blind and a mathematician, and this rakish Duke is also a mathematician
0: mm-hmm.
1: and she helps kind of ferry their mathematic correspondence back and forth. She has like no respect for him whatsoever. Mm-hmm. She does not respect his lifestyle or his choices. Um, but they finish their mathematical paper and they make a presentation to some kind of society. Mm -hmm. It goes really well. Um, The Duke is like, hey, I've been investing money in this secular college called London University. Would you be interested in being the chair of mathematics? And they're like, hell yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Would love to be able to afford to live.
0: Or whatever the Um, Quaker equivalent of shouting, hell yeah, would be. (laughs) Be,
1: praise be, or something
0: like that. Um, and so that
1: kind of like warms her heart to him a little mm-hmm. bit. He they also have some good um conversation. Yeah, and she's coming to bring him a thank you note the next day and sees that there's like a hearse outside yeah. of his house and is told that he's dead. Mm-hmm. And she, they're like, oh, well. The quicker version of well, damn.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what are we gonna do now? And then it's like weeks or months later, right? That she's- yeah. I don't think it's been
1: like half a year, but it has definitely been maybe a couple months, three months. She gets a job working at her cousin's, um, is it like a sanatorium or is it called an asylum? Um, Um,
0: I don't know. Same difference. They horribly mistreat the mentally ill.
1: Yeah. So in exchange for them being able to live there and her father to be like Mm -hmm. taken care of, she's going to work and she's getting a tour of the facility and they're like, oh, there's there's one guy who you need to be, you know, very careful of. He's very angry and unpredictable. And she gets shown into the room and who was it but the Duke? Mm -hmm. And uh, he is really angry um, not because he's having a psychological disorder Mm -hmm. necessarily, but because he's had a stroke and no one Mm -hmm. really knows what a stroke is. So he's feeling trapped and communicating. She has a Quaker opening, a calling Mm -hmm. to take care of him. And how things unfold is very dramatic Mm -hmm. and very beautiful and sad and happy. And like you said, when you first telling me about it, like I never read 500 page books, but I would have read like 200 more pages. Yeah, like deserved
0: every single page. I want to like stop recording right now and go like read it again.
1: Yeah, I know. It's it was really, really good. Yeah. Again, I was very skeptical when you were telling me about it because mm-hmm. it's not my cup of tea either. Yeah. But I think it's because I I both of us I think get a little bit bored with Regency social mores mm-hmm. being like the main driver behind yeah. plot. And this that is, is not definitely... that at all.
0: Yeah. Not that. Yeah. Um, so. 10 out of 10 recommend yes absolutely 100% one of the best books I've read this year yeah okay.
1: we have a couple of things that are more on our normal style of reading train
0: mm-hmm. which
1: I think would be scandalized
0: by Ivy Owens yes yeah who's Wait, Lauren and... Billings right oh well
1: did I you not know this
0: no Ivy Owens is one half of Christina Lauren oh yes. yeah, yeah yeah we talked about yes, that yes yes
1: yes yeah yeah i remember now yeah yeah
0: and then, so have you already read the fiance first i have not
1: okay I forgot. you can talk about it
0: but i haven't read worst.
1: it i don't mind if you spoil it a little bit i think you pretty much know what to expect from that but let's scandalize was another one that you had read first mm-hmm. and so, i it, had been looking to read something with an older brother situation mm-hmm and this was good.
0: It's an older brother situation and a celebrity romance all wrapped into one, mm-hmm. which was interesting. Um, content warnings for sexual assaults talked about pretty frequently, but not yeah. graphically. Yeah, I was not worried happening about to the that. heroine.
1: Yeah, the heroine is a r- reporter, an investigative mm-hmm. journalist, and yeah, she's focusing on some crimes I was really worried going into it that it was going to be too heavy in that way Mm -hmm. and it's it is not it wasn't for me um because it is not super super duper detailed about Mm -hmm. what happens um and it's past yeah Um, so I I was looking at a lot of the Goodreads reviews of Mm -hmm. this book and a lot of people were complaining about the like celebrity romance aspect of it and i i liked it
0: i think that it added a really fun twist because she so the heroine runs into this guy who she recognizes as her childhood crush she had yes. this best friend growing up and the friend had moved away, so they drifted apart. But she'd always had a crush on the older brother, so she sees him and she's like, "Oh my god! Like he—he's still a total babe. He's still a total babe." <laughs> and she recognizes him and he and calls him by a name that I guess he doesn't go by mm-hmm. anymore. So he realizes that this is someone who knew him from the past, and it took him a second to like place who she was. Who she was, mm-hmm. but um, she has had the the travel experience from hell, you know, like flights delayed and delayed, like you're going to have to sleep in the airport now. And she's, she's stinky. (laughs) She's wearing (laughs) like three day old clothes. And he's like, why don't you just like come up to my hotel room and you can shower. And her brain is pinging like, I've just been like researching these really bad men doing bad things. I know that this is not smart, but I know him. Sort of so and she goes he's up very, there like
1: do you want to let someone know that you're yeah. coming up to my room do you want mm-hmm. me to stay down here in the
0: lobby yeah yeah
1: so he's trying to be sensitive to that. Mm-hmm.
0: which i love i love yeah. when that's addressed on page that it's dangerous to be a woman yeah <laughs> yeah um but they they go have a drink or dinner and the vibe yeah, they go be to the vibing. hotel bar yeah <laughs> The vibes to be vibing. <laughs> and then they have this, like, amazing, what she thinks is going to be a one-night stand, but, like, the one-night stands, end all one-night stands, you know? Yeah. She's like, oh, no, I'm ruined. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, come to find out that he's a K-drama superstar, mm-hmm. but for some reason she didn't put two. Too- she doesn't watch much TV. Yeah,
1: she's a busy investigative journalist. Yeah. And he's just he he's there because he's about to do like the crossover from like being more popular as k-drama actor to like now on a bbc series mm-hmm. yeah
0: so so there's an interesting um pretty big plot with her investigation where he ends up being a source right and knowing about what she's looking into mhm and the way that she tries to navigate that whole conflict of interest um ends up being a pretty big part of the book.
1: Yeah. She probably could have handled it a little better.
0: <laughs> she she's the conflict of interest is like Spider-Man, Peter Parker taking photos of Spider-Man <laughs> level. That's good. That's very good. Yeah. <laughs> and she and she keeps it secret not as effectively (laughs) correct yeah yeah i i enjoyed this book a
1: lot i enjoyed the spiciness it was so hot it was so hot i was like hello yeah (laughs) especially because it wasn't like I don't know I feel like you and I and it might be just because I had just come off of reading at Katie Robert but I feel like we tend to read some more adventurous spicy mm-hmm. books yeah and so for one that was like pretty classic it was very sweet yeah and sweet it was mm-hmm. still very
0: hot yeah
1: I don't know what another else to 10 say out of 10, 10 for yeah,
0: me. absolutely 10 out of 10 um, Lauren Billings put her whole lussy into it <laughs>
1: I was like which ones are gonna be billing zissy
0: here <laughs> okay so that covers everything that we both read mm-hmm. uh where do you want to go next i have a couple of nonfiction books to talk about some sci-fi and then like one romance that we didn't both read okay um well i want to hear about your nonfiction. Okay. So um, the nonfiction books that I've read recently, first one I want to mention is Easy Money. And that is by Ben McKenzie, who was riot on the OC. Oh, okay. And I saw him back when he first started tweeting about crypto, and about this investigation that he was doing for a book he was writing. I was like, this is not something I had on my bingo card, the star of the <laughs> OC becoming an investigative journalist, um, exposing crypto as a scam, but I'm into it. So as soon as it came out, I got the audiobook. I had to listen to it twice. And it's not that it's not that it was convoluted the way that he told the story. It's that like crypto and all the players in it. Mm-hmm. It's very convoluted. And I'm not like, a finance girly i'm not a finance journalism person so these aren't concepts that i really like right pay attention to in general Mm -hmm. but he does a good job of trying to explain it for people who aren't in that world um the full title is easy money cryptocurrency casino capitalism and the golden age of fraud full disclosure i owned slash own i don't even know (laughs) <laughs> like a tiny bit of bitcoin because yeah. that when like there was like that one stretch of a few months where everyone who yeah. wasn't like a crypto bro was like well maybe i'll buy some crypto and my brother in law yeah. was really into it and i got my husband into it and he invested a little bit he made some money at first and then like he's kind of broken even at this point like it really did just like it was just, like, a waste of time yeah. at the end of the day, but for some people, it wasn't a waste of time. For some people, it really, like, destroyed their lives. Yeah. And it's um, been billed as this thing that is a great economic equalizer, like, you know, decentralized currency, but he does a great job of breaking down why it's not as advertised, and why it doesn't, I, like, the stuff that's happened with crypto including like countries trying to like make a big point of like oh our currency is now going to be bitcoin and mm-hmm. how poorly that went uh-huh. it's just it's absolutely shocking and he also talks a lot about celebrities shilling for crypto and there was a lot of oh, that oh yeah there was so fascinating read the next one is Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, The Triumphant, Turbulent Stories Behind How Video Games Are Made by Jason Schreier. Mm. And what really drew me to this is that one of the essays was about Stardew Valley. Mm. And Stardew Valley is kind of mythical because of the fact that it's it was developed by one guy. Like Eric Barone did the art. He did the programming. He did the score. Mm -hmm. And it's this indie game that just made millions and millions of dollars, right? Mm -hmm. And it's incredible to me that one guy did it. And then I, I, I'd heard the story of that, right? But then I read this essay, and it showed a side of the story that I hadn't heard yet, which was like, he would be asked by his family like oh when's the game coming out and he would be like oh in like another month and his girlfriend and then wife would go to work and like during the day he would be playing video games and then as soon as she was about to head home he would switch back to Stardew Valley to act like he was working on it the whole time and I I felt that in my bones as someone who <laughs> creates things uh-huh. Uh-huh. and but it also talks about other games And just like the video game industry is wild because every single video game the story behind it is people working on it at crazy hours things yeah. falling apart like all sorts of things with studios and development hell it's like absolutely fascinating and i loved hearing stories of games that i've never played like diablo 3 um the whole like franchise of star wars games and the stories behind that how like there's one game that was that they created this like really cool sounding like the like criminal underbelly of the star wars universe and it Mm -hmm. was like a street level game about that and then George Lucas decided, was like, make it a Boba Fett game. And they're like, how are we going to make it a Boba Fett game? <laughs> so that was really cool. And then the last nonfiction one I have is a book of essays called Girls Can Kiss Now by Jill Gutowitz. Mm-hmm. He's a great Twitter follow. She's very funny. And this essay is about her. It, it's part memoir about her identity as a lesbian and coming to terms with it and how depictions of sapphic identity in media and like celebrities coming out how that's affected her and affected other queer people and how the the title is like oh girls can kiss now as in like oh now that this is becoming more mainstream like it's fine now except Mm -hmm. there's a long way to go and she kind of looks at the different layers of the progress that's been made with representation and how that trickles into the real world Mm -hmm. and everything that we still have to do like one thing she talks about that I thought was really interesting was Lindsay Lohan's relationship with Samantha Ronson and how Samantha was completely vilified and that relationship was seen as a sign of Lindsay being wild and mm. having some kind of mental health episode. Right. When that might've been true, but her being bisexual is not a sign of her like being on the wrong track in her life, but it was made okay. out to be that. And
1: definitely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And They're Jill Gutowitz is a gayler. So <laughs> I trust her.
1: A kindred spirit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think that, that if you really enjoyed that, um, like, the backstory on computer games and video mm. games, you might enjoy a fiction book called Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. Mm. That is... It's heavy. Okay. Um, But it is essentially the story of, like, a group of three friends who meet in college Mm -hmm. and um become close making a computer game and they're doing it just kind of like for themselves or for a school project or something like that and it becomes Mm -hmm. this thing that's like much larger than they ever expected um and like it introduced me to a lot of things as someone who's not a gamer Mm -hmm. um about like gaming culture Mm -hmm. and the kinds of like courses that people take. Who aren't self-taught? Who learn how to to do create these things like ludic theory, which is like the theory behind uh
0: games and how they work. Um, and I think that's super interesting. That does sound interesting to me as someone who was not a gamer until recently and still just like plays pretty casual games. Cozy games.
1: Cozy games. I read um. A kind of shitty <laughs> nonfiction book that I don't think I would necessarily recommend, but maybe I can talk about it to warn people away from sure. it. Sure. <laughs> um, because of our healthcare system being what it is, <laughs> I cannot receive the kind of care that I need to have to be mm-hmm. healthy. So I read this book called The Elimination Diet, and the word diet makes me want to die. Okay. Yeah. Um, But this is about like trying to figure out what you are allergic to. And Mm -hmm. it was recommended to me during a few different free consultations with dietitians I couldn't afford. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I was like, okay, I'll take their advice and read this. And it is completely overwhelming. Uh, It is not accessible to most people. Part of the recommendation is to like get rid of half of the appliances and equipment in your kitchen and replace it all with like wood and glass and um steel. Okay. So for most of us that's not an option. Yeah. H- home dude who wrote it is like obsessed with broccoli sprouts. Okay. <laughs> he's like done a TED talk on broccoli sprouts.
0: <laughs> I, I, really I bet thought- he clears every room he's in. <laughs>
1: Uh, I was really hopeful that it would be helpful. And it really just made me hate the wealthy white people.
0: Yeah. Uh, Zero
1: out of 10. Zero out of 10.
0: Okay. Good to know. It's really hard with any kind of book about diets or about eating in general to know like if they're going to approach it from any kind of not fat phobic not elitist not inaccessible not um completely yeah. anti-science disguised a science way it had it had some of that flavor mm-hmm. to it definitely
1: um the other I guess yeah it's nonfiction um book that I read was Little Weirds um by Jenny Slate and it was okay for me. It was mid mm. for me. Um it's sort of an interesting abstract sort of memoir. Mm. Um it's very poem-y. Okay. Um it's very metaphorical. It is there are parts of it that are funny but less funny than what I was expecting from Jenny Slate. And that, that makes it sound like I was expecting it to just be like stand-up and i wasn't Um, i would yeah it someone in my book club described it this way and i felt like that was the most accurate thing ever they described it as like a book for the 2011 2012 tumblr girlies Mm. (laughs) it had that kind of energy to it which like some people really loved it just wasn't for me i i felt like a little a little annoyed by it Mm. Okay. Um, you know, and I appreciated like this sort of artistic, uh, very reflective um view of her life, but like mm-hmm. she was also talking about her life as a very wealthy LA celebrity. Yeah. So it was a little alienating, I guess, mm-hmm. in that way.
0: Did so she talk my- about Jamal at all? No. Okay. Mm-hmm. That she talks point about off she talks about men obliquely Obliquely. like she doesn't
1: name people's names so i don't know that someone who was more
0: versed in what their relationship was like could maybe spot which one was Mm -hmm. him but i wasn't able yeah okay that's kind of what i was assuming would happen if she did talk about relationships that it would be it's all very abstract
1: like it's all some of it is is It's hard to know sometimes if she's talking about actual experiences that she's had or if she's being like dreamlike and metaphorical.
0: You know what that reminds me of?
1: What? Abby
0: Jacobson's book. Oh, Um, I didn't read that. So I listened to that one on audio and I really should have also read it in print because I know that she has art in it Mm. and that probably would have helped, but it was also, I felt very abstract.
1: Mm-hmm. So yep, those those were my two <laughs>
0: nonfiction. They were mid for me. Mid or zero. Mid or zero. <laughs> Average to mid. So yeah. I did some sci fi reading. Um, I'm gonna talk about a short story and a sci fi novel that ended up having a romance. So okay. So the short story was Emergency Skin by N.K. Jemison. This is part of Amazon's Forward collection, which was curated by Blake Crouch. Blake Crouch wrote a book that was a big bestseller years ago called Dark Matter, I think. And I had it. I started it. I didn't finish it. And then I looked up spoilers and I was like, oh, okay, like, that's, that sounds fine. But like, not a book that I'm dying to read yeah um I've listened to several of the stories in the forward collection so far because they're all on Kindle Unlimited and the audio books are also free oh I like that If you have Kindle Unlimited and N.K. Jemisin's was narrated by Jason Isaacs who played Lucius Malfoy oh. and also like I think he's on a Star Trek show now so people would know him from that um but it's the least bleak of the ones (laughs) that I've read in the collection it the end it actually feels hopeful and the premise is it's this AI talking to you the whole time Mm -hmm. and you are from a space colony because earth was destroyed and you have to come back to earth you're sent on a mission to get Hela cells And once you complete the mission and come back, you will be given skin because only the elites have skin. Everyone else is just kind of batch um gestated and put into exosuits that are then controlled by the elites. Like basically imagine the worst that could happen if someone is able to remotely control your physical being Uh a society that has no women Uh because they hate women (laughs) so he well so so does our society yeah so he's told that you know if you complete this mission you'll come back you'll be a hero and you'll get like beautiful white skin and blonde hair and blue eyes and a long penis and strong (laughs) thighs, (laughs) and um you'll get a pleasure a pleasure because okay. they don't have women, but they have women-esque bots. Okay. Basically. Uh-huh. Um, so this is so
1: so bleak.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's very bleak. So he expects Earth to be this barren wasteland, but he has to come get these Gila cells so that the elite- is he
1: expecting like a Mad Max situation? Yeah. Okay.
0: So um spoiler that I don't think takes anything away from the story. Um if billionaires all left, if they all fucked off to mm-hmm. space, things would yeah. get better. <laughs>
1: yeah, like if Elon Musk was yeeted off of the. It's spotlight. very
0: much like the the implication is like the founding fathers of this colony, right? You could see it being Elon, Bezos. Mm-hmm. I don't know who the fuck else. Um,
1: those people who exploded themselves looking at the The titanic yes
0: the ocean gate people so like those people who fancy themselves the like best and brightest of society decide that it would be too expensive to fix this planet but it's totally feasible to go to another one Mm -hmm. and fuck that one up Mm -hmm. um and i won't spoil what happens once he sees that earth is not what he expected it is remarkable. It's so good. It is one of the best short stories I've ever read. I loved it. I listened to it twice. How short are we talking? We're talking the, like, I don't know, 28 pages, I think. Let me oh, check. The okay. audiobook is less than two hours, I'm pretty sure. The way that these are built, are that you can read or listen to it in one thought-provoking sitting sorry okay 38 pages so really you could read it in one sitting and the other ones in the forward collection that I read that really bummed me out were Summer Frost by Blake Crouch um The Last Conversation by Paul Tremblay and I think I read You Have Arrived at Your Destination by Amor Towels. nope didn't read that one yet yeah so They haven't stuck as much for me, other than like, oh, that's depressing.
1: (laughs) I don't think I would be able to make it through those.
0: Yeah. So, and the other sci-fi thing that I read was The Road to Roswell, which is, (laughs) what if being abducted by an alien is actually, instead of terrifying, more like embarrassing, embarrassing yeah like if you (laughs) if you were like a naysayer and you didn't believe and then like you get abducted and you like immediately were like fuck this is an alien (laughs) that like there's no other explanation for this This is an alien I'm being abducted um (laughs) but the abduction happens on earth and stays on earth instead of the heroine being taken on a ship the alien forces her to drive somewhere but the alien doesn't seem to know where they're going and the alien looks like a tumbleweed it has a bunch of <laughs> tentacles and doesn't speak okay and, and it's just like kind of like using the tentacles to like restrain her at some points, point point aggressively out the windshield <laughs> and they're driving through the desert she's in this lime green glow in the dark bridesmaids dress because the whole reason she's in Roswell is her college best friend, who's always, like, about to marry some idiot guy. Uh-huh. Her latest fiancé is a UFO nut. Uh-huh. And uh, <laughs> she, their whole pattern through their friendship is like, okay, so, like, she takes up with these guys and she needs me to talk her out of it. Mm-hmm. so she has to be there for her friend to talk her out of marrying this idiot she gets abducted um and then the alien just keeps picking up more people on the road trip until like they're in a like giant RV with <laughs> her with a con artist who is in Roswell to sell um anti-abduction insurance policies <laughs> He's like my pal, no one's no no one's had to use him. <laughs> um, a guy who like took a sabbatical from his corporate job to go reenact all these westerns. A guy who's a true UFO believer who's like super annoying. Like, oh my god, they're gonna probe us, I'm like they're a-, a guy who would like probably believe every terrible conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. That guy, that. Kind of insult sure. type, and
1: mm-hmm. then
0: uh, an old lady with a gambling problem. It this sounds incredible, it's incredible. It's by Connie Willis. It is so funny. You are not totally sure what's going to happen, so it's unpredictable. There is a romance, like you see the romance coming, but you don't see how it happens. Okay, um, and it's just it's got some really thrilling sci-fi components, but mostly it's just like a funny road trip novel that I really appreciate as someone who lived in New Mexico. Say the title again. The Road to Roswell by Connie road Willis. Okay. That sounds amazing. It's so, <laughs> so good. Uh, and I, love it. I actually, I didn't listen to the audiobook, but I want to because it was narrated <laughs> by one of the narrators of the second Hank Green book. Oh, okay. What and I really liked her. Do you have anything else?
1: Yeah, I can talk about the fiance farce.
0: Cool. And my last one is Molly's book. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> I can also talk about cruel seduction.
0: Okay. Robert.
1: Um, so The Fiance Farce is by Alexandria Belf Belfler. Mm-hmm. Um, who this is the first book by her that I have read
0: I thought that you'd read written in the stars
1: no mm-hmm. okay I did
0: read a I don't know if
1: that's horoscope related but I did read an, a horoscope related premise. okay
0: yeah so maybe we talked about it as like there's also this one that I might pick up because it's similar
1: and you had informed me that this fiance first book is sort of Taylor
0: Swift coded in some ways I feel like i've seen alexandria belfour talk about taylor swift in a way that makes me think that she could be one of me mm-hmm. so um maybe yeah i think I- she she also talked about like taylor swift lyrics that this did you pick that up i
1: really didn't okay. but um i looked at some goodreads reviews that indicated there were a lot of Taylor Swift references that went over
0: my head. Mm. um See, it's funny because I I'm gonna read it and I feel like I'm gonna pick up on them. And like one of us went to the Eras tour for free <laughs> and one of us didn't.
1: I wonder how long <laughs> this
0: is gonna be a shadow over our friendship. We're, we're gonna be side by side in the nursing home in the rocking chairs. And I'm gonna be like remember when you went to the eras tour and i did it
1: you know i believe you i believe that, that will happen uh, um yeah okay so it it's a you know contemporary romance mm-hmm. sapphic romance um we have Tansy adams who is a bookseller. Um, it has a lot of aspects related to like a Cinderella mm-hmm. retelling. Um, her father has passed away, left her um the bookstore, actually left her and her pretty recent stepmom, um, the bookstore, mm-hmm. and she, she has a stepsister who's kind of like the the evil stepsister sort of character um the her step family is somewhat money-grabbing um and her stepmom is threatening to sell the bookstore and um tansy's like willing to do almost anything to save it because like that is her she considers that bookstore her family um she has a past relationship with someone in her her step family's social circle which is just like you know wealthy white elite of seattle um and he is now dating someone else in the family circle and in order to avoid going to these horrible family dinners she starts a small lie
0: mm-hmm.
1: that she is dating someone
0: okay. and
1: keeps this lie going for a couple of months just to continue avoiding these dinners and uh she's she gets pushed on it and pushed on it a couple of different times like who is it who is it and she's looking down at a, a box of books that she's just opened and sees like the cover model of one of the romances who she thinks is like super hot named Gemma she's like uh her name's Gemma mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like ends up she has a screenshot Of this model on her phone and a friend like grabs her phone and is like oh my gosh is this your your girlfriend the girl you've been dating and she's like oh yeah (laughs) she is at a uh, wedding Mm -hmm. for in that horrible social circle and who would walk in but this cover model oh my god she is related to uh, the groom uh, and part of this family that uh owns like a publishing company and she could inherit, but she has to be married in order to inherit. She's sort of mm. like a black sheep of the family. So when people are like, Oh my gosh, like it's so good to meet you, Gemma. <laughs> like you've been, oh, we didn't know you had been dating Tansy. She also doesn't know that she's been dating yeah. Tansy. <laughs> but because she needs a marriage of convenience, she's like, you know, we can mm. do this, we can make this happen. Um, so they they strike a, a business deal where she's like, you stay married to me for a couple of years and let me inherit this publishing company. I will give you the money you need to buy your bookshop.
0: Okay, perfect. But,
1: but of course, there are complications and feelings are becoming real. Um, lo- lots of uh, high society or upper class drama. Um, but it is very cute. I really like their dynamic um if it was out of 10 i would probably i i think i gave it a four out of five stars on goodreads Mm. um so it was fun i enjoyed it i think i probably would have enjoyed it even more if i had been able to adequately appreciate the taylor swift
0: references (laughs) i want to look at these goodreads reviews to see if i can pick up immediately what they're talking about but Now, for some reason it makes me think of when you said Gemma's the black sheep it makes me think of the last great American dynasty Mm -hmm. so that could be one of the things that people are picking up on um yeah I mean like the whole gorgeous model thing does make me think of Carly
1: yeah I think that I could I could envision Gemma as played by Carly or by Taylor. Yeah. And then um, Tansy. Oh, gosh. I think her name. Yes. Alexandra Daddario. Okay. Yeah. Her. That's who I had fan cast for her in my head. So we have like a, a bookish, shy girl. And then we have like a more brash model type girl. Um, and it, it's fun. Their dynamic is fun. The other one I read was Cruel Seduction, which is number five in the Dark Olympus series by Katie Robert. This one is a a male male female female poly knot okay um what with, is
0: a poly knot
1: so we have um Aphrodite who mm-hmm. has been been married by a like sort of political agreement to Hephaestus. Mm-hmm. They are not romantically involved, but they are, have just gotten married. Um so it's the two of them plus Aphrodite's uh ex, which is Adonis mm-hmm. and who she does love and then Hephaestus's sort of honorary sister. Mm. <laughs> Who is uh not interested in men? Um, so we have I don't think it's like giving too much away to say that like we end with Aphrodite, Adonis and Hephaestus pretty much living together. Mm-hmm. and um the 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 sister sort of being like, I will hook up with Aphrodite when I feel like it, and mm-hmm. then I'm kind of gonna be doing my own thing otherwise. Okay gotcha um it's i like the the dark olympus world that she has created it's fun to like see how she handles these different retellings and how she's structured like the political structure of dark olympus to sort of align with gods and goddesses titles Mm -hmm. um it does feel a bit like the same kind of story just being told with different character names Mm-hmm. Um, but I like that story, so it's yeah. fine for me. <laughs> um, and I will continue reading these and until they come to the bitter end. So
0: I can't wait for Hermes's book. I am now too behind because I didn't read the one before Cruel Seduction, so I have to catch up because I really want to read Aphrodite's book. So yeah, it's fun.
1: Uh, it's fun. Because we have people stepping into these roles, um, so like Aphrodite is new to being Aphrodite, mm-hmm. Hephaestus is very new to being Hephaestus, so like that aspect of it is pretty interesting. So, you had not read Radiant Sin,
0: correct? And that one is that one is
1: Apollo and Cassandra, okay? Um, and the next one is Midnight Ruin. And that's Eurydice and Orpheus and Charon.
0: Okay. And that one has puppy play.
1: It does. She <laughs> did she did a, a little primer on,
0: on what puppy play means.
1: Because I think it got an extreme sort of reaction yes. when she when she mentioned that. <laughs> uh, that's supposed to come out January 1.
0: Yeah, I'm interested in that one because I'm interested in a grovel. An extended yeah. grovel.
1: Yeah, it seems very warranted. I really am enjoying the cover art of of Midnight Ruin, too. So that's something I look forward to. Um, I think that's it for me.
0: I have one more. My last one is by Paige Lavoie, and it's called I'm in Love with Mothman. So
1: amazing. This has provided <laughs> me so much entertainment in our group chat
0: okay so (laughs) I should start by saying that I have been looking for a book that feels like Starview Valley that gives me the same feelings as Starview Valley Mm -hmm. and it's this book
1: and those feelings how would you describe them I know it's a cozy ish game but
0: Okay, so when you think of Stardew Valley and you think of a farming sim, the setup of Stardew Valley is you inherit your grandfather's farm and you leave your corporate job to move there. So it sounds like a Hallmark kind of setup, right? It sounds like any one of these small town romances could fit the bill. Except that Stardew Valley is fucking weird. And there are (laughs) aliens and monsters and wizards. And it's all very casual. So the next thing that kind of would fit the bill is maybe CM Nascosta's world. Mm -hmm. So that kind of fits the bill a little bit. Um, But this one is about an influencer and her mom was one of the OG mommy vloggers. So she's grown up with social media fame with like people Mm -hmm. like knowing on the street about like her childhood tantrums, right? And she's oh, now I would hate that so Yeah. Much. She's now an influencer in her own right and she has like a mini scandal and it's something stupid. It's like she's sent a product, the product causes her to have an allergic reaction. She still has to talk about the product. So she like says, "Honestly, like this one didn't work for me, but I really like their other stuff. And she gets raked over the cold, right? And she's just tired of seeing the negative comments and people like, oh, has she gained weight? And, like, she just went through a breakup. And, like, the breakup was, like, not even a thing. Like, it wasn't a guy that she was that into. But because he'd been on her YouTube videos, like, mm. it's all anyone talks about. And she's just kind of done. So she does what a lot of us do. When she's sad and she does some online shopping in the middle of the night, except she buys a cabin Mm -hmm. in Ohio (laughs) and decides that she's just going to go live out her cottagecore fantasy. And she's literally like, I'm going to go and wear the puff sleeve dresses and read vintage editions of Pride and Prejudice (laughs) up in a tree. And I'm going to like, like she wants to do the aesthetic even though she's no longer documenting her life okay but it's a hard thing to get out of right Uh uh-huh so uh, she falls out of the tree when (laughs) she's literally reading the tree. yeah no and and I I feel like I've had this experience where I've tried to like do something for the vibes for the moment Mm -hmm. and it like does not work out and it's usually something outdoorsy um (laughs) and she gets caught by a giant creature Mm with (laughs) wings and big red owlish eyes and he tells her like foolish human you should have never come to the forest and uh (laughs) later that same entity uh crashes into her roof during a storm and breaks his wing and as if he were a little baby bird she brings him inside <laughs> to nurse him back to health and uh while this is happening she um she's getting to know the locals there's a general store so that's a stardew valley thing there's a general mm-hmm. store run by this um adorable woman who owns a farm with her wife and the heroine is bisexual, so she like immediately is like, oh, she's cute. Oh no, she's married. Never mind. But then her brother is single, and her brother's a fucking asshole. Mm. <laughs> and also a self-styled monster hunter because there's something in these woods, right? Mm. Um, tell me why this bitch <laughs> moves to the border of West Virginia and Ohio, <laughs> and there's this creature flying around who she calls Moth because he looks like a moth. Uh And she doesn't put it together until she sees this guy's murder board. Like, oh, Moth person plus Ohio, West Virginia flying (laughs) around in the woods, maybe terrorizing people. Am I harboring the Mothman? (laughs) And I really appreciated that, like, Mothman as a cryptid as an urban legend existed not in this book Mm -hmm. and that it wasn't like oh like like I'm discovering what Mothman is is for the first time yeah exactly um so part of why I was drawn to this book is this is Molly I can't show you because I have a background blur but our friend Molly who's been on the podcast many times loves Mothman yeah she does there are things that this character says that sound like things Molly would say. Yeah. And the cover looks like her. We have a side-by-side of Molly wearing basically the same dress at my house at a party that we threw. Same hairstyle, same everything. And I sent it to her, and I'm like, Molly, get a lawyer. (laughs) And Molly's from West Virginia too, which is Yes. part of why she's so into man. but um and she's very like she has very
1: influencery fashion and i mean yeah. that in the way that she's like usually on the cutting edge of yes. what fashion is happening and she's also very online so yes. like it very much sounds like
0: her yes the way this character speaks is very much like chronically online which i mean this in the most loving way possible is how molly talks <laughs> uh, um, you say that as
1: as someone who is also chronic yes alive. and also talks like that
0: but <laughs> which is why me and molly connect um so it's so adorable and sexy and funny and she really is like if any of us had a cryptid in our home <laughs> who we wanted to bang <laughs> and had to keep that secret uh-huh. reacts the way that that we would I think <laughs> and and I was like live texting as I read this book and like sending excerpts to the group text and I remember asking Molly would you so he kind of shifts into a more human-like form where he could pass as just like a really tall, really pale human with like weird gold freckles and you just have to hide his wings under a poncho. So I asked Molly, like, Yeah, he has to wear a poncho at one point because she decides to take him to a diner. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh I asked Molly, do you feel like you would be more into or less into him having a human form like do you like the human form or do you want creature Mm -hmm. and she's like I think creature
1: Creature.
0: she was like pretty sure she's like creature yeah because I was the one who was like well it's good to have options I think (laughs) it's good to have options I don't know how the whole beak thing would work
1: Ooh, I didn't think about a beak
0: yeah Yeah, he has a beak so so is he like pecking (laughs) it's mm, listen you should just read it because it's very good everyone (laughs) listening i loved it it was very cozy it was sweet and romantic and there is a sequel called i'm engaged to (laughs) mothman Is it out Al already? No, it comes out in November. <laughs> I cannot fucking wait. And I feel like I'm predicting that this is going to be like a Christmas Prince situation. And <laughs> no, I'm predicting no. a book three called I'm Having Mothman's Babies. If that doesn't <laughs> happen, I'm going to throw myself down a flight of stairs. <laughs> oh.
1: This is very hetero heteronormative for a mothman. Yes.
0: I, I I want I want that to be where this is going.
1: You know, I hope that happens for you. So yeah, that's that's what I've got.
0: Amazing. <gasps> Thank you for sharing. Thank you for everything you do. Thank you for um indulging me. <laughs> anytime
1: (laughs) I cannot fucking wait I'm gonna read the Mothman one
0: I mean I have it in paperback so you can borrow it yeah
1: I've been driving around with scandalized in my car to return to you um but yeah definitely interested especially in Mothman and and Road to Roswell
0: yeah so I, I that one I have in hardcover so you can also borrow that one I want to have Molly read it and come on the show to talk about it in October for spooky season so that's a great idea I gotta go try to make that happen and then we can all talk about it because it's just it's just very good and I want to hear her reactions to it (laughs) all right thank you very much for listening we will be back in two weeks Mm -hmm. with I think we're going to do Kaylor. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be kind of like a bonus episode. So um, I would ask that if you listen to that episode, come with an open mind. I will will justify why I think it's okay to speculate
1: on someone's sexuality. (laughs) On someone's
0: sexuality. Because I understand that that is a very sticky thing for people. Mm -hmm. But also you can like skip that episode um Hitler's DNI Meg do you know what that means
1: no do not what
0: do not interact
1: interact
0: mm-hmm.
1: what's that what, where did this originate from Twitter I think oh,
0: okay yeah that's where I've seen it like people will put put in their bio Hitler's DNI or Galer's DNI
1: mm, people listen have need to touch grass
0: Twitter. Twitter <laughs> is the worst place in the world stan twitter the deepest ring of hell (laughs) oh gosh so we'll put all our links in the show notes until next time air kisses